Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Hoop Form NBA podcast. Adam, I don't think it's unfair to say special edition because we're recording video for the first time on this podcast. So it is a very special edition of the show. As always, it's been Slykerman and Adam Elder in the building, ready to roll, ready to tackle all the news, action, and drama that this league provides us on a daily basis. We're so excited to be here. Before we get into everything, of course, stay tapped in with us across all social media platforms at the Dip Network. Stay engaged. Let us know what you think of the show. We're bringing you weekly content, so we want to hear your opinion. Five-star reviews. Leave those leave those five-star reviews wherever you listen. We love to hear it. I actually think I saw on Spotify we had like a 4.6. I'm like, who? Really? Out of eight votes, who gave us a four? <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> Apple, we have decent... Apple, or Apple, we show up a little bit better. Let's go ahead and keep this rolling here. We want to talk about current events. And in terms of current events, we're talking about basketball that was played last night. And with that being said, Adam Elder, is LA for winners? It just seems like it's a winning state at this point because both teams grab a dub last night in the in-season tournament, IST Fridays, so to speak. Uh, LeBron. And the Lakers defeat the Blazers 107 to 95. LeBron 35, 5, and 9. AD 16, 14, and 2. 14 boards. Double double in this house. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just big body shit. Uh, Lakers defeat a team they absolutely should be beating, and they move to a 3-0 in the IST. 3-0, too easy. Watch them go and win this shit. That is the funniest part of this season because there's there's still like what seven and six, like they're barely above five hundred, but they're three and zero in the in season tournament. But they also did play the Blazers last night, which you know is a pretty pillowish game. And then LeBron, you know, you know what's sad about LeBron is that when he ran away on camera, they did like a zoom up on like the for him from behind after he hit that three. It like did a zoom in on his hand and then went up to his head. It was just like God, LeBron looks old. <laughs> Just like you actually realize that he does look old and he's still doing this. So the Lakers grab an easy win there that they should. Again, 107 to 95. Moving on to a game that I think we're both really interested in talking about, Adam. Clippers defeat the Rockets 106 to 100. What a shit show. (laughs) What a shit show, first off. The big three of LA, of the Clippers, of the Clips, as they are now known as. Look at uh, like a knockoff Wizards jersey of like the Gilbert looking Arenas like, era. Looking like a mid attempt at something Rebrands, in general. At like rebrand. Yeah. The big three combines for 73 points though. Kawhi Leonard, 26, 8, and 2. Harden, 24, 9, and 7. PG, 23, 8, and 3. Russ though, not part of the big three now. Now coming off the bench, Russell Westbrook, Self-imposed? 8, 3, and 2. Uh, well, I think it's just, I think it was only a matter of time, but it the was, fact it of the matter that is he approached the front office and said, I'm ready to come off the bench for this team. I and think like, that's PR. That's, I wondered that too. That's PR. Yeah. They're just, they're doing that to make Russ look better. And I'm not saying that he's sitting there kicking and screaming about it. I'm not, I'm not going to act like he's probably extremely happy about it. Because let's be honest, this team was actually really good and was looking like one of the best offenses in the league when it was just Russ running with PG and Kawhi. And Harden wasn't there pre-trade. Now, granted, that was very, very small sample size. And this right now is still technically small sample size when you really look at it. So it is easy to bring the hammer down on them. But I don't think that should take away from bringing the hammer down on them at the same time. Like, I think we still have just as much right to be talking shit about them. Even in this win, like you said, this was a shit show. Uh, Tari Eason was balling on these dudes. We were talking pretty bad. Tari Eason had a head chop on Tice. Tice comes in immediately available to play for the Clippers and this is what his first game was in Houston. (laughs) He just is an absolute punching bag. It just, you know, I mean, it was just so messy from the outside because one, Dylan Brooks' revenge tour is a real thing this year. I feel like Dylan Mm -hmm. Brooks is actually taking it like that because people dogged him as awful because his shooting form is awful and it looks like he's not going to make it. 
but he's actually a decent shooter and a very good defender. So now, like, the Rockets have this edge about them. They have Ime Udoka coming back. And, I mean, all this does is prove that he was actually an elite coach. Like, Boston is completely different from what they were from that finals run. And it shows that mm-hmm. Ime Udoka probably knows what he's actually doing as a basketball coach. And you just have guys balling out, though. You have Fred Van Vliet playing 37 minutes a game, getting 26 points. Like, they're just... They seem balanced right now. and But the reason they still lost to the Clippers, though, is because, one, James Harden had an efficient game. Hooray. You know, like, he had one efficient yep. game, finally. I mean, he... And aligned with, this is what he should be doing on a nightly basis. Yeah, I mean, ideally, but, like, it aligned with Kawhi Leonard, too, having something going on. I mean, PG had something going on, too. And it's just like, mm-hmm. they won the game and were... They just knew how to navigate that situation better than the Rockets who are still in the building process and have a lot of young guys. So like you can just find yourself scoring points at the end of a game because it's that situation you know. Mm -hmm. So I mean, this this isn't a gimme win for them because the Rockets, I think, are legitimately good this year. Like they're legitimately above average. But I don't know. It's just, it was like the perfect chance for the Clippers to get a win. And it was still a close win. That's the thing, too. It's not like they were, you know, punching down. No. They weren't punching down. Uh, the big thing for me is that, like you said, the Rockets look like they have something here. They look like there is the blueprints of of something that you could really run with here. Uh, Ime is absolutely a capable coach. I don't think that was ever in question. Um, in terms of what's so hot topic for you know a year and a half that nobody wanted him. But with that being said, let's go ahead and move on from LA and let's get into the rest of the IST, the rest of the in season tournament Friday night uh, extravaganza, if you will. Uh, Bucks defeat the Hornets one thirty to ninety nine. Adam, I know you were just that was the roof right now. Show that was go ahead, man. Go off. They were just ready to shoot last night. Oh. Brooke Lopez had a pump fake three. Pump fake step back three that he leaned in for contact to get an and one and made the three, still walked away from it, and but just stuck his arms out like this. You have Malik Beasley, who I personally watched him, and I think it was close to the end of the third quarter because there was a point in the game where it was a four-point game. That's why I turned mm-hmm. it on because I opened the league pass app and I saw it was like 58 to 56 the Bucks were up by two, and I was just like, I'm like, this can't really be happening, is it? I'm like, they're losing to the Hornets. And then mm-hmm. I started watching from that point. This was must have already been after the Chris Middleton, like, just insane, like, fumble pass. Did you see that? Yeah. My I have God. that noted here. Yeah. <laughs> like, if anyone's wondering, it's on, like, it's on, like, the main highlight video of that game at around, like, 740 into the video, if anyone's wondering where it's at. It's uh, a three-point shot shot from Malik Beasley. It was a, that was a, had to be accidental slip for Middleton, right? I think so, yeah. Because he was fully committed to the like the fadeaway right there. Yeah. But he was probably but, also aware that Malik was directly behind him too. At least somewhat. He knew that he had... Yeah, but shoot. he never intended to slip the ball, so it no. didn't matter that he was there. So He played it off like it was a pass though, and it was pretty no wild. Uh, the reaction from the Hornets announcers was absolutely ridiculous. That They were like... Oh no! <laughs> they were going insane. It was nuts. So that was really fun. Uh, that was just a fun game. Lillard, 27, 5 and 5. Malik Beasley, to his credit, 6 and, six to 10 from 3, 7 to 12 from the field. Giannis, 16, 8 and 9. A nice game from Giannis. An old man LeBron game from Giannis there. <laughs> like, that's I promise like an old you, man dude. LeBron game. It's working. And this is what I was visually seeing. It's working that Giannis is slowing down. He's mm-hmm. not full on just, I mean, that's still his bag is full on charge of the basket and make a finesse move out of that. Yeah. But he's and not transition, kill people. Yes. But, and it looks like he's just toned it down on look, we just need to play the game at a reasonable pace. And I need to be a part of that. Like, because I mean, 16, nine and what was it? 16, nine and eight? 16, eight and nine. Like, I mean, 16 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. Nine assists. 
Malik Beasley, yeah. though, was just absolutely nuts last night. He had an insane catch and shoot three off of a Did pass from Lopez. I don't think so. What dance was it? Um, it was off of one of those threes, so I didn't know if you were talking about the same one. But yeah, he had a lot of those catch and shoot threes. He danced yeah. after one, though. Uh, he got he, he, awesome, he, dude. Yeah, it was probably maybe his fourth or fifth three or something. And like he did this like really uncomfortable hip shake and it actually prompted me to start to wonder who are the worst, like who just has the worst celebration ever. It's up there, dude. I know, but it's one of them. Malik just really <laughs> threw his name in the hat last night with this dude. It was uncomfortable. What about that one he had for out. the Lakers, remember? Where he just, I think it was against the Mavericks where he just stood up and went like that. But with his whole well, body. That's what he was doing in this one, kind of. Like, he was like only shaking his hips, but he had his hand in the air. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it. I was like, what? <laughs> it did that? not have very good. It did not have very good energy, man. Not sturdy at not, all, but, dude. Yeah, but good win for the Bucks, even though it was on the Hornets. This was just a highlight fest. Lamelo was lighting it, was it nice. up early on. Uh, Look, Mark Williams had a couple ridiculous yams. Did you see the uh, tape on Lamelo's neck? He has to cover up a no. tattoo that's on his neck now. So he has to wear like a band-aid notice that. right here behind really? his ear because he has a tattoo of some personal brand of his. At the NBA said, you wow. can't just personally display that on yourself. You're like, like literally like free advertising. But then that is kind of weird. Miles Bridges also checked into this game. <laughs> Too mild applause yeah. to his credit. Talk about weird. It was last night was just full of goofy shit. Was yeah. it not? Did you see the goofiest thing that happened all night was an Ish Wainwright like mid-range hop step like floater from like mm-hmm. 16 feet. I think he did it on a bead. It was like I don't even understand. <laughs> like I'm confused I'm like, about what's just going goofy. on here. Everything goofy is happening tonight. I mean, you also had the Booker pull up in the corner off the escape yeah. dribble. What was that? Yeah, so they get. That game, uh, the Suns grab a win, 131 to 128 on the Jazz. Uh, you were, you were hyped to see what you were seeing from Booker there, 24, 4, and 15. 15 assists. That's not point, point book. book. Point book. I mean, my, my Lord, KD said it the other night when he finally came back. He was like, you know, we're just happy to have our point guard back. And wow, no kidding. KD, that shot was crazy. That, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, it was, it was classic. It was, 2017 playbook, Kevin Durant. I'm going to pull yeah. up above the left break and make because he's, he's doing it almost better than Kevin Durant nowadays. <laughs> Let's just talk about that. Uh, KD, though, 38-9-9, no slouch. This guy well, surprises us every though, other was, night. KD hit the game winner like that. Oh, okay, okay, my bad, my bad. I mean, Booker, uh, obviously. Clark- I think Booker's the best player on the team, no cap. Yeah, I think Booker is surpassed. Kevin Durant, I think overall. I think Kevin Durant is still going to go grab about that. Prime. I don't know. I feel like yeah. we've we've been shading KD hard this season, dude. And we're like nine and a half games in. 11, 12 games. Like, and then he rips know. one he off like this. Yeah, I know. It's just, Clarkson though also. Jordan Clarkson, 37, 3 and 5. Jordan Clarkson just trying everything he could there for... The jazz. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson like, is crap. just modern day Jamal Crawford. Like the dude is a bucket. Who's trading for him? No one, dude. No one's trading for him. I promise you. There's a reason he plays for the Jazz. It's because he can shoot 19 shots a night, guaranteed, on a team that brings Colin Sexton off the bench. I'm does he not come off the bench too? Isn't he there six? Yeah. Jordan Clarkson? Yeah. I think just, he does. He's just not that good on defense at this point. I don't think that. I don't think that's worth it to a, a team, even though he can score. He's like worse Zach Levine when you really think about not it. Not worth it to a contender. Yeah. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, quick hitter, quick hitters here on the IST. Uh, Kings defeat the Spurs one twenty nine to one twenty to Aaron Fox forty three eight and seven. DeMontis Sabonis, 27, 14, and 7. Malik Monk, 24, and 8. Uh, just an absolute monster game from those guys. The Kings were just running the, the Spurs up and down, man. Up and down. It was fast. They're, they're super quick, as everyone knows. De'Aaron Fox with 43 just lit them up. 
he is fearless basically at every every point of the game, offensively, defensively, uh, in transition, uh, at the rim, shooting the three, anything you got. This guy is absolutely fearless and is ready to take on they could take on anyone. And Sabonis is playing out of his head right now. Mitch was hyping him up the other day in the group chat. And for good reason, I know I was shading it because it was in reference to AD and, and the loss that they had. That's why it was a dumb uh, conversation because it had to be at the expense of AD. Yeah, I know I'm that's what like, fired me up. But I mean, to, to Sabonis's credit, man, he is, he is playing out of his head, right? 27, 27, 14 and seven. I mean, that's a big game. Big B big territory. Game. Yeah. It is nice. You put Wimby in his place. Wimby had a couple of nice plays in this game, though. A couple of nice lobs. I just feel like all this year is telling me about the Kings so far is that De'Aaron Fox is all in every bit of the reason that they are as good as they are. Yeah. Like, it's not Mike Brown. It's not... I mean, that all plays a part, obviously. It's not Mike Brown. It's not the Keegan Murray shooting as a rookie. It's not, you know, their collective defense and that they have a decent center rotation now. I think it's Mm -hmm. worth to say it's decent because they have both Len who's big and capable, but they also have JaVale McGee, who I think wants to have like a renaissance here for the Kings as a backup center because he got felt shunned by the Mavericks. But like, it's De'Aaron Fox. That ridiculous size up three that he had on LeBron the other night. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Did you see that? He was just walking yeah. all around in pace, trying to call a play. Nobody was doing anything. So he just shot the three. He and was I- chirping with LeBron all night too. Dog. Absolute dog. They caught a foul on him at one point on LeBron early on, and he was chirping at LeBron like, you know that wasn't a foul. Like He was looking at him, he's like, you know that wasn't a foul. Like He was talking, bro, and like, he wasn't being like sweet about it either. Uh, it looked like he was a little a little hot. So dog like, for 36, dude, he's got it. Miami yeah. Heat are like, he's bagged though, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's back. They're all bagged up. They locked in, and look, it's the Denver Nugget motto now. Everyone saw continuity. And here we are. So, let's keep it rolling, though. Sixers defeat the Hawks. Sixers regain some balance here in the in-season tournament. 126 to 116. Embiid, 32, 7, and 8. Tobias Harris showing out 20, 29, 10, and 4. Showed up to play. What about it? I can't believe this from Tobias, dude. Why is he all of a sudden good? We've seen this man be mid as absolute hell for the past four seasons. When he got bagged, the 2018-19 season, just like we've seen him be regular as 14 and a half points a game, Tobias Harris. And now all of a sudden he's starting this season off. He's probably averaging close to 19 or 20 a game. Yeah, let's check it out here. It's just the kind of role that he's on. He all of a sudden just looks like a very competent catch and shoot shooter again, too. Like he's able to just catch it. Like I just remember the past at least three seasons in Philadelphia, he looks like a completely unconfident catch and shoot guy. Like, but the now he's is clean right now. Twenty six and two, fifty seven from the field, thirty nine from three, eighty nine from the line. Are you kidding me, dude? All of a sudden, this guy is a perfect like offensive wing. Looks good. I mean, the Sixers look good in general. And it sounds like they're going to be getting Ubre back. And I'll just leave that situation at that. You've heard about all the drama surrounding that. Yeah, element, that's right? gotten weird all of a sudden. I, that's gotten I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> it's just too much for me, dude. I don't even want to really talk about that part. But they're going to get Ubre back. Maxi is out of his mind. They need to make the smart trade. I heard an argument for Zach in, Levine dude. in terms of offense. But I just I don't like the Zach Levine uh, trade overall. I think it does too much to your wing depth. It's going to clear out your wing depth too much. They need to make a smart trade with the wing depth now for one wing. That's what they need to do. They need to turn know, their dude. depth and yeah, I think so. Rather than like turn it into a guard who can't really defend. That's just have, my opinion. They have who who's their forwards off the bench? It's Covington, it's Batum, it's Corkmans, it's uh, they still got House, Melton. Daniel House. He's I mean, dude, looking sh- at that from the outside, I'm like, is that not a decent group of role players? Like, is that not 
the group of role players that you kind of want around. And because you have Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey on your team, what if we're overcomplicating the Sixers situation where now all of a sudden Tobias Harris really does have an insane amount of leg room compared to what he has seen for the past three years. Embiid is playing with a different kind of space and probably just is glad he doesn't have the most enigmatic, one of the most enigmatic people in the NBA on his team for like mm-hmm. the last eight years, Ben Simmons and James Harden. It's just, what if they just, they see the success of this team right now, we say we can keep pushing it. They're on a great pace right now. They're what, eight and three? Uh, I believe so. Let me check here. So their target could be like 25 losses at the end of the season. Nine and three. Nine and three. They're two in the East. Number two. So you finish 57 and 25. Like That's a guaranteed three, one, maybe not a one seed, but at least three seed, I'd say, this year. Yeah. I mean, to I'm me, impressed I'm like, with how they've started. I, I like how Covington has come into this season in shape and was kind of proven that with Los Angeles and now is playing in Philadelphia. And this is a Nick Nurse roster. Yes, that's exactly. Like all of a sudden he has this muscle memory around Embiid from those early Embiid getting geared up seasons, you know, where he was starting to become that guy, the actual 26 points per game guy. And like, I don't know, dude. I think that they've kind of transformed and they need to stick to this because they have KJ Martin too. They did not get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So that's something there too that can be trialed. I think that's worth I think I thought that was a loss for the Clippers, to be honest with you. Because I really did want to see what him and Russ could do together with him as the screen and dive big. Shame, Somebody shame, just insanely you know they have You know they have no interest in KJ Martin and Russell Westbrook connections when James Harden was on the loose. You know, they had no, no uh, hard feelings there. You know, they only cared about Terrence Mann. Legendary Terrence Mann. You know, that's all they cared about. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. Because he's a huh? one that plays like a three. Because he's 27 years old and is what he is at this point and is not a bad role player, but my God, this guy act like this guy's moving mountains. <laughs> exactly. Celtics defeat the Raptors 108 to 105. Jalen Brown, 23, 3, and 4. Get this, the only player on the Celtics with 20 points or more, and the Celtics grab a win here in a just old-fashioned slugout with the Raptors. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. 108 to 105, 23 points, the most points scored on the team. Only player with 20 points or more for the Celtics, Jalen Brown. What a night. I hate the Celtics. I hate them. I don't even try to be like unbiased about them, dude. I hate that they're winning games and I hate that Porzingis is playing with a huge smile on his face. Drew Holiday. Did you see the buzzer beater at the half for Tatum? Yes. Yes. Holiday hit the insane. At first, he started with a quick hesitation, then hit the spin move into the lane. To Derek White under the basket. White just felt unconscious at this point. He wasn't even looking at the rim. He just wanted to pass. And he saw Tatum and just flung it right back out. I'm just like... It just... It proves last night. They fit so good. It was goofy. They fit so good. They fit insanely well. I hate it. They look so... It is a little bit annoying because, I mean... Drew Holiday, it just continues to prove what an impact player he is. And and KP... They I mean, got him. They got him. Are you kidding me? And KP is, is having a huge turnaround. He just fits seamlessly, it feels like, with this uh, this system that um, Missoula wants to run. So, I mean, shouts out to the Celtics. Everyone's pegging him as, as the chip, or at least uh, getting to the finals. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it's a tall order because these guys have knocked on the door before and they, and they seem to kind of shy, shy away at the biggest moment. But look, everyone has a breakthrough once in a while. So we'll see. Once but the Celtics grab a dub here uh, with some low numbers. But, you know, they do it as a committee here and grab the win. Cavs defeat the Pistons 108-100. to Darius Garland 28-3-3. Max Struess 18-7-3. Evan Mobley 18-10-5. Good win for the Cavs there. Struth's playing well. Seems to really impact this team positively. It was a messy when game, he's on. but for like way different reasons. Yeah. Did you see any of the highlights from that? Mobley got the walk up dunk. 
because Ivy literally turned his back on Mobley and he just had a clear path to the lane. So he just walked This is like, like a game from Mobley where I'm like, if you could just do this every night and maybe kick that up to like 22 a game. Because then you're like rocking BAM numbers. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're approaching the same footing as BAM because of what he can be on offense. Exactly. Yeah. Good one for the Cavs there. Uh, Pistons, rough. Just rough. They're very bad. They're so bad. Actually, I did put something down in my notes and I felt like this was harsh. But I feel like it has to be said, is James Wiseman the worst player in the NBA? He's got to be up there, right? I think he's at least in the bottom five, dude, because I watched this guy play and I'm like, he looks like he never even was. It's just Christian Wood level. It's like the mm. most ignorant version of Christian Wood. Yeah. Like, On cares even less. I, like, I just, I actually enjoy seeing him catch inlet passes where it's kind of like, okay, James, you're supposed to catch this and probably bounce it back out because there's an open man in the wing here or there's a man above the break that you could switch it back out to as well. And I'm mm-hmm. like, he's going to turn this into a five-second post-up where he awfully throws it up at the rim, makes a loud noise, and then tries to get like an and one off of his putback. And then all of a sudden, the ball is 25 feet ahead of him in transition, and he's still standing there. And I'm like, I'm like, every time. Yeah. It's disappointing. It just it never changes. It seems like it only it, it gets worse, even, even maybe. Uh, so, yeah. Tough run for the Pistons. They do have a Sar Thompson, though, and he seems to be pretty legit. Obviously needs a jumper as well, and that hopefully covers for the misfire that Cade Cunningham might be. A little hot, maybe. <laughs> a little hot, but we'll throw it out there. I, all uh, this, I thought he was going to catch some shade in that sentence there with some Cade Cunningham. Is he that good? So there we go. We'll keep that moving here. Pelicans defeat the Nuggets. Big win for the Pelicans. 115 to 110. Zion Williamson, 26, 4, and 6. Brandon Ingram, 21, 3, and 8. Jonas Valanciunas, 22, 8, and 3. Big win here for the Pelicans in the uh, in season tournament. And yeah, beating the reigning defending champs who were obviously right there with them for most of this game and, and we're playing like they should. Um, they just fall short here. Zion's bought in. Finally. It's been hard for him to buy in, but he's bought in. Apparently. A week ago, it was hard. Yeah. Just weird energy as usual from this guy. Uh, I know. When he he's turns around and does this and a win. But then he does this I mean, in a win. And you're it just you're you don't even know what to do with it. Like all right, let's keep it keep it moving. Magic defeats the Bulls 103 to 97. Franz 21, 4, and 2. Again, the only player on the Magic with 20 points or more. So interesting there. The tough thing here for the Bulls, Zach Levine, 34, DeMar DeRozan, 23, combining for 57 points and a loss. Just Signaling more and more. These guys have got their bags packed. Yeah. I think they're both ready. For for good reason. We already cautioned, right? I mean, if they've had it with Levine, they've had it with DeMar. They're like, we'll find a trade destination for you. I bet that's what that players only meeting was at the beginning of the season. (laughs) Zach Levine was like, look, guys, I'm out. Like, I'm playing for the team, but they're going to try to find a trade for me. And DeMar's like, I also will join the same. <laughs> and if we can both just ride the <laughs> fucking train to LA, we might as well. DeRozan to the Clippers and Levine to the Lakers. Let's just. I would up actually bit. die if that happened. Physically and mentally die if DeMar DeRozan was traded to the Clippers for like Russ and no. Like, I don't even know, dude. I don't know. Russ That's and just, Russ, no, Russ, Russ and, and uh, DeRozan off the bench. <laughs> Russ and DeRozan off the bench. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Uh, Suns defeat the. Oh, we already talked about that one. Cool. All right. We can cut there. I'll cut that out and we'll move right into sign or trade here. So that wraps it for the in season tournament Friday night extravaganza. Adam, let's go ahead and get to the main event of the evening here for this show. It's a, it's a segment we both love a lot. This is a trademark. This is a staple 
on this podcast. And it's great to be doing it here for the first time on video. Signer Trade. It's an early season edition for 20, the 22 or the 23, 24 season. So for those that don't know, this is basically uh, like buy or sell. And it's basically that same type of format. More so mad if we're buying stuff, huh? More mad money than anything. Definitely some mad money. So if we're buying stock in a team, we're signing them. If we're selling stock in a team, we're trading them. And the format we run is uh, we each have two signings from the from each conference, and we each have two trades from each conference. So we buy into uh, four teams in each conference. Are we buying? Yeah, we buy into four teams in total in each conference, and uh, we trade four teams in total in each conference. So. Without further ado, Adam, let's go ahead and get in it. Let's kick it off with a signing. Let's kick it off on a positive note. They just had a big win on the Sixers this week in the in-season tournament on Tuesday, which we already touched on. But I'm going to go ahead and sign the Indiana, Indiana Pacers, the number one offense in the That's league right too now. too easy. Too easy. It's low-hanging fruit, but I'm a picket, man. Uh, this team, they've been electric to start the season. They're sitting at the top of the in-season tournament in Group A of the East. 2-0 and o for the in-season tournament there. 7-4 and four for the regular season. Fifth in the Eastern Conference. They're ranked number one in offense, as I already said. With that being said, though, 27th in defense, and that's just not going to hold up in the playoffs, and me and you both know that, but... Uh, it's likely going to win this team a fair amount of regular season wins and uh, simply off the fact that you're going to run teams out of the gym, which they seem to be doing most nights. And it's fun to watch. Bruce, Bruce Brown is such a great fit. What is it? It's Kings-like. Yeah. Yeah, it is Kings-like. Um, Halliburton is just such an interesting player, man. Yeah. I mean, he's just... I mean, I know I've said it on here before, but he's just the most like... Showtime kind of 80s snake and dive point guard that's just ready to pass at any moment. Like, I mean, you have you have types like Trey Young are all about offensive creation, especially personal offensive creation. But then you have Tyrese Halliburton, someone completely capable of finding Obi Toppin on an across the body pass to the opposite corner, you know, like guys that can get things going like that. Wow, I mean, like plus running. you have Exactly. Exactly. At Running a fast pace offense. Yeah. I mean, it just 27. What was it like? He went on a two game stretch of like 27 assists and like two or three turnovers at most. Right so now, he's 24, 4, and 12, 52 from the field, 43 from three on seven attempts, 99 from the line, and 63 from the effective field goal. So, I mean, he is, he's just tearing it up again like we expected him to. And I love to see it. Love to see it for this team. I mean, good for them to finally kind of find their way, it seems like, to a certain degree. They're in the mix. They're above some, they're above some teams that they realistically probably shouldn't be. And that's just a parody that you love to see in this league. So fair signing. I know it was easy, but I had to, man. You know, no, I, I you like know, I've been because, high on this team. Because they've been performing well and I think they deserve recognition for being above. I mean, what is their record again? Uh, let me pull that here. They are seven and four, fifth in the East. See, that's not bad. See, they're still yeah. they're winning games at a good margin. They're but a game behind Miami and Milwaukee. Both Miami just I don't even know how to describe what they're doing right now. But I mean, the Pacers, yeah, that's a good pink. All right, you want to hop over to the West? Give me a give me a sign or a trade from the West. Either way. Let's just get this one out of the way. This is my Western Conference trade. Just to set the trend, show my disinterest in their season, that's the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, there you go. These, Talk about it. The news, when was that? Two nights ago about Marcus Smart? Three to five mm-hmm. weeks. Nasty fall. I mean, I don't think he's going to be back before Jaw's back. Mm. So they're going to be down bad until like... I don't even know what to say. Like, they're just, they are in such bad health luck right now that it's just unbelievable. They're legitimately missing like five or six important players. Yeah, right now they are, let's see here. They're last in the league, two and nine. Um, just looking really rough. They are, they're eviscerated right now. 
their bottom half of defense and offensive rating. I mean, they just look super rough. And for good reason, obviously, you don't have Steven Adams, you don't have Jaw. Now you're losing out on Marcus Smart. But beyond that, it doesn't seem like there's really chemistry with everyone else and, and these new pieces either. So again, but we've talked about this like already. Jaren's Go ahead struggling. and stealth tank. Yeah, huh? exactly. Have a stealth tank season. Cause I mean, the window's open for that for you to get yeah. like a top five pick right now is completely in the cards. Yeah. You might as well play but, your hand that way. There's also a chance that they can leverage that. You know, this off season is going to be messy. What is the chance mm-hmm. that they leverage a potential top five pick into something that makes them even better rather than accruing talent and being like, we're on a long-term plan right now because Jaw is 24. Jaren's mm-hmm. 23 or 24. I don't know. Do you make a win now move with that core? If there's a win move out there that it makes sense. I mean, like you said, there's all, it always seems to be that someone's available. So let's see how this postseason goes. And that'll probably answer that question for us. So we've got a long ways, long ways to that. So let's keep it rolling here. I'm going to hop back to the East, but I'm going to keep it on a trade. So I am going to go ahead and trade. These people are, these fans probably just won't be very happy with me. But I'm going to go ahead and trade the Cleveland Cavaliers. Really? And the reason being, the reason being is some of the same deficiencies that we saw last year highlighted in the playoffs seem to creep up on them on a nightly basis still. And there's something about the Donovan Mitchell fit that still just does not connect, uh, specifically between him and Darius Garland. It just doesn't seem like it's fully there. Talk about not being bought in, maybe. Like, I just, I'm still not convinced that Donovan Mitchell is bought in right now. They're six and six right now. They're sitting eighth in the East. And again, this is early, but we're a little over 10 games now. This is why we're starting to make some like determinations here because we're starting to see things uh, from these teams uh, and you can start to see some patterns mildly. And, And for me, it's just the same patterns that we've seen before where they lack. And that's, you know, hustling, grabbing the boards, uh, getting back on defense. I mean, it was things that they were basically beat up on against New York in the postseason last year seems to be following them. And Evan Mobley, like we were talking about before, yeah, had a great game the other night, but still needs to kick it up a notch and still needs to do it more consistently uh, in order for this team to really achieve what they want to achieve. And it just seems like we're not hitting the gas on that. And if we're a little over 10 games and they're not hitting the gas yet, are they going to ever hit the gas on that? So... That's just my concern. And that's why I'm going to go ahead and trade him here. A little hot. I know Cleveland fans are going to be hot, especially since we're natives, native Ohioans here. But sorry, had to do it. So my rebuttal to that, because I don't want to jump ship yet on the Cavs, because there is one defining factor that could set that apart or set that on a different path. Is it time to just fire JB Bickerstaff and maybe try to find a, a coach that has I don't even know because who are you going to look for that's going to be better than JB right now that's available in the market that can have competent playoff experience that can turn this team into their roles just need tweaked when it comes down to it because remember the other night you and I kind of cornered Mitch about the Cavs and I think we were mostly talking about Jared Allen and Mm -hmm. how Jared Allen only gets six rebounds seven rebounds on a given night same with Mobley and yep. you and I, I remarked that you kind of want those guys boxing out because of Garland's speed and transition breaks to be able to just pick up loose rebounds and take the ball right down court and make a like flashbang play out of it. And right. I think there's still something there for the Cavs. And that makes me really wonder, does there just need to be a different offensive mind in here that's going to really be like, look, guys, we can be a great half-court team and that's completely possible because of the two essentially point guards that we have on the floor with Donovan Mm -hmm. Mitchell and Garland. And do you adopt a system where it's like 
I don't know. Because they're just, I don't know. Does it ever look like to you like they're playing with an offensive system to begin with? It's kind of just Mitchell hero ball. And then they yeah, rely on that to, Darius Garland kind of lane. Yeah, where Darius Garland has some connection with the big guys, it seems like. Or just um, anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan overall, and that's where I'm at. They, I, would, I would think J.B. Bickerstaff... I, think, I would think J.B. Bickerstaff would be the first to go in this situation. Obviously, that usually, usually is what happens, but ultimately, I don't think it's enough to really overcome just the lack of fit here. I think the lack of just, just fit overall with Donovan Mitchell, and it's unfortunate, but I'm still on the fact that I think they're going to lose him. And it doesn't even have to be New York. It very well might not be New York, but I think they are going to lose Donovan Mitchell in the long run here. And that's just going to be a tough, tough loss, depending on what you but recoup you from the really situation. wonder where he fits. I'm like, Miami. He's not going to put Miami. Yeah. Miami. Very well. Very well in Miami, I would think. But what hey, if the Cavs, just, what if the Cavs say like, you can have, we'll trade you Mobley and Mitchell. We'll trade you Mobley and Mitchell for Bam. Miami ain't moving on Bam in this Jimmy era. Until Jimmy's done, Bam's not. Bam's there. True. That's very true. I think. That has to be the end of the, the Jimmy era. Yeah. Jimmy's going to be there until he's 68 years old, though. And we're just going to have to accept that. He's going to be... That's fine. A ghost out there. Complete just ninja I'll, warrior. I'll watch 42-year-old Jimmy Butler. Adam, let's keep it rolling here. Go ahead and hit us with a signing from the West. I was kind of gassing up, up earlier because, you know, they played a good game against the Clippers last night. The Houston Rockets. I'm signing yes. them because I am actually impressed that everyone seems level-headed in this organization. I mean, you have... They're one of my books. Western Conference signings, so preach. <laughs> exactly. There we go. It's just like, I like what they're able to get out of their roster right now because my biggest concern about their entire construction was that I was like, they're way too crowded. They're the most crowded team in the NBA almost. And mm-hmm. you had the Lakers on the table at that point. But now I'm like, okay, you don't really have to dedicate all that much minutes to Jay Sean Tate. And I feel like he's kind of pulled the foot back on Jalen Green. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not even Tone pulled him down back. a little bit. It's just that he's not Steven Silas wasn't like, you know, go get 37 points a game. Like, mm-hmm. he's just back into a role. Freddie is playing like more five more minutes than anyone else on the team mm-hmm. per game. So he is just their veteran presence out there. And Fred is just good on defense again. I'm like, he's glue. He's he glue for this team. Absolute glue. They also have Jeff Green. Like I said earlier, Dylan Brooks revenge. <laughs> Bald Jeff Green, buddy, is a different animal. I don't even know what to make of it. It's just this NBA season is out of control so far, dude. It's out of control. He was playing small ball five minutes for him last night, and I'm like, Houston just loves this man as their small ball five and always has. Ime Udoka <laughs> loves this man. Yeah. Remember, he tore it up with them in Brooklyn. Exactly. That's where Uncle Jeff was kind of born, was Brooklyn. Yeah. People started calling yeah. him Uncle Jeff after that. Yeah, just, that was a vibe. They are I have the Houston though. Yeah, I have him as a signing here in the West as well. Uh, and, and it's funny because they're like six and four right now. They're six in the West, which isn't like crazy and everything's a cluster. It's early, yada, yada, yada. But they're above the Lakers, the Suns, the Warriors, the Clippers. They're above giants of the Western Conference as you would, uh, if you would. And uh, to me, uh, it's kind of hilarious and it's a testament to how hard these guys are playing. Um, how much of a, of a glue player Freddie Van Fleet really is, how good of a coach Ime Adoka really is. They're young, they're exciting, and last night they had that hard-fought battle against the Clippers, and although it ended in the loss, um, in a fourth quarter that ultimately got away from them there, I feel like, which shows their volatility. Uh, you can still see the blueprint of a core here that could lead to things for this organization, and that's a big turnaround because they were supposed to have a quick turnaround post-Harden. That was kind of the 
the vibe. And it was almost looking like, uh, might not really be getting there. Uh, you might not be competing as quick as you want to be, but I mean, there's a the name that hasn't been said this entire time talking about the Rockets, both stints. Alper mm-hmm. and Shen Goon. Oh my God. This guy Monster. all this all of a sudden playing like great defense, like extreme hustle defense. I'm like, no way. Like, yeah, he was on fire. He is the he's the leader in assists for the team, too. I think he's at like 5.7. Like 5.8, yeah. 19, yeah. 19, 8, and 5. He's playing great. last five. I love it. Here. Let's see. Last night he let me grab. Can't even see his points. That's weird. Oh, there we go. 23, 8, and 4 last night against Houston and was working over Tice at times. Was just putting the footwork on him, honestly, which was funny to see. Um, so, yeah, Houston Rockets, bravo. Uh, let's go ahead and go for a trade in the Eastern Conference here. No, actually, I'll go ahead and go for a trade in the Western Conference here. And I'm going to go ahead and pick some low-hanging fruit here. And I think we both would like to get out of the way. Oh, boy. State Warriors. Oh, that's the Golden State Warriors. I don't know if you have them as a trade here for the West. Um, no. no, you don't. That's a shock. Uh, I mean, look, Memphis. It's good have, that they both have, get it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just with, with Golden State right now, Draymond's out. We've got the five games. Clown energy in general. I think Kaminga and Moody are just mid too. I think they're just not as good as they expected. I think that the Warriors' entire backlog of scouting has just been kind of poor, actually. Yeah, they they certainly didn't hit the two two timelines by any means. They're six and seven right now, tenth in the West. Curry is about the only one doing anything, and even that seems to be helpless out there uh, because he just really truly doesn't have any help. Chris Paul is every other night, um, just looks gassed for the most part. And now the up and down with Draymond, you just wonder what he's going to be when he comes back. Is he going to be on his best behavior? Is he going to keep acting a fool? It just, it's best. It's not looking good for this group. And like you said, the young talent just isn't hitting as much as they should. Kaminga is pretty, pretty hit or miss most nights. And yeah, it's just not there for him. I think they're an easy trade here. And you know, it kind of makes me smile. <laughs> it's good bait. It's just like, I'm ready for them to kind of be out of it because it just shows, I mean, plus Clay Thompson, like it's just a yeah. poor situation, completely poor situation right now. Like absolute even, salty energy with salty energy, McDaniels thing, flat tire looking, isn't hitting from mm-hmm. three at all. He wants to hit Clay's shots. It's just not happening. Like, right. Yeah, they're not good. And I really think that I know that Chris Paul has some decent like vibes being on that team, but I'm just like, I can't count on it because I know the injury is coming. I know either the end of season injury or the playoff injury is coming. On then, cue. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why they're, I mean, well, Pajemski. It'll be a calf or a hamstring. Like, he looks okay. So maybe they're trying to gear him up to be able to play some more minutes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just absolutely. They look like a deflated they, balloon this year. They lack identity for sure. They lack identity for sure. And that's just going to, that's going to catch up. uninterested. Completely dejected and reinforced by multiple people now that I've heard say the same thing as me, basically right around the same time that I did. I mean, this guy just looks dejected. He's on a slump that he just, you wouldn't believe. Um, he's capped at like 16 points max a game. We keep hounding on it because it seems almost real at this point. And that's just, I think that's a ticking time bomb there too. And just another question mark for them that is going to have to be settled before they ever really move forward here and get out of the slump. So 
Yeah, we're trading them. Adam, let's go ahead and shift back to the East. Hit us with a trade from the East. The Brooklyn Nets. Oh, the why? Brooklyn Nets. Because I'm... They're 6-6 six and six right now, I think. And I'm just like... Yep, ninth in the East. I'm like, this is ultimately maybe what this team is going to be. Maybe they really are just the eight seed because they they strangely lack identity as well. Mm-hmm. They lack identity. Like Mikhail is he's an ideal support player. Cam mm-hmm. Johnson's kind of an ideal support player. Spencer Dinwiddie's kind of an approaching ideal support player. DFS. Like Cam Thomas is just scoring a lot of points because they need There's somebody a at roster the point of attack. full of it's a roster full of support guys and then two guys who can light it up. Part of my reason for this sign for this trade, honestly, is because I feel like the Ben Simmons experiment is over. I think it's over. With the back injury. Nerve nerve pain is back. The nerve issues are back. I think this might be over. And you know, it's just of course, I heard the headline the other day. Somebody was talking about how Maury faked up most of Ben Simmons' mental illness thing because they wanted him to just seem like that unhappy and broken and not that it was the back injury. And that the mm-hmm. back injury was actually substantial and he had been dealing it with probably longer than we realize. Right. But it'll never excuse the things that happened in Philadelphia with him. Like, it's just, you know, he looked that mentally unhappy too. But now, like, you look at this Brooklyn situation, you're like, it, this team almost was kind of set up for him to be the guy that led them. Especially yeah. with all this, like we said, all the support guys, all the catch and shoot guys that you have around you. Those, all those guys listed right there are catch and shoot guys, able. Like, and then you have Claxton, lob threat. Like, all these guys. And they were trying to feed into. They were trying to feed into his energy of, well, I'm, I'm going to be the point guard for this team this season. They were trying to like, are you capable cater of to it? Like, his stat line is just made every single time. He puts out a like direct six, six, and six almost, like seven, five, and seven night. Like, every single night, he's taken maybe six or five shots. And Cat. you just can't not shoot anymore like even the worst shooters in the league like a Dylan Brooks or Russell Westbrook like they still take the shots and they still go in sometimes this guy he still just isn't taking the shots and the amount of times just in this little bit this small sample size we got from him this season the amount of times I saw him just ditch the pass when he's at the basket I'm just like what are you doing just dishes off 10 dude yeah you can literally reach up and just put it in with like a 6-7 guy on you. That's why Damn he's it. broken in NBA 2K because you can play him as a 6-10 point guard and you just go to the basket every single time. <laughs> it doesn't it's matter. Not real. It's not it's real not at all. Because you know it can't yeah. happen in real life. You're like, oh, no way he would take 14 layup attempts in real life. Yeah. That's why I'm trading them. I'm just like, this experiment's over and it kind of puts a real damper on this team. And it really makes me wonder if they're going to be taking calls on Royce, DFS, Dinwiddie, maybe Cam Thomas. His name was floated out there in a Levine trade. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you signed anyone? Have you signed anyone from the East yet? Or, yeah. No, that's my last pick is the Eastern Conference sign. Okay. Um, You don't have two from each? No, I thought we were just doing one from each. We did two. (laughs) So the text this morning said two two from each. Two west and two east. Two from each conference for both of us. You motherfucker. I know the text said that, you son of a gun. Come up with them on the fly. You can come up with it on the fly. You're not weak. You're not weak. You've done another Eastern Conference signing. Yeah, you've done this before. You got you got two of those in your bag. You got another trade in your bag. On each conference, you got another sign in the West. You got it, dude. You got it. You can play off these. 
And one of them you might just buy in you might just buy into something I have, dude. Why don't we just we'll just run this one and then we'll do the others that you have. We just respond that way. Because we've already agreed on one anyway, so that kind of validated one. That's what I'm saying. You can just throw an extra one in there. Hang on, let me check something. Okay. Okay. Uh, you were on a Western Conference signing, right? Or an Eastern Conference signing? Well, I was talking about my trade, the the Nets. Yeah, but so okay. I was going to shift to the Eastern Conference sign, which I mean, I have. That's next. Oh shit! Yeah, but I need to go. I need to throw one. All right, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw out another Eastern Conference signing here. The Orlando Magic right now in the sixth seed after 10 plus games. And to me, that's an achievement for this team. It is. <laughs> Albeit, they're only seven and five. But to be above teams like the Cavs, Knicks, and Hawks, I think it's, it's a great good. start to the season. Yeah, I mean, kind of similar in this, the same way that we put the Houston uh, Rockets up here. Um, I think it's a great start to the season for a young team. And Halo seems to kind of be getting more comfortable out here after like 10 or so games. Um, the team seems to really lack a true leader at the guard position, and I think that's going to be their downfall. Their guard rotation's just weird. Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, uh, Anthony... Not true point Anthony guards. Kind of a, yeah, it's just messy. Um, and I think that is going to bite them uh, down the road. But uh, I think it's a hole that's going to need to be plugged. But I mean, they're, still, they're still competing. Franz continues to impress. And I just like to see them on an on a nightly basis. They're a fun league pass watch. So I'm going to go ahead and sign them here. My two signings in the East are absolutely just young, young, fun teams, man. I'm young, just league pass teams. energy this year. Just total league pass energy this year. Let's go ahead and keep it rolling here. You want to throw out an Eastern Conference signing there? The easy one was the Milwaukee Bucks. Because... Fanboy. I think that last night was in a very important win for them. Like I think that they needed a win like that where they just felt completely confident in all stages of the game. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, I mean, they were it was within a four point game, but then it felt like they just went on like a twenty three to two run against the Hornets. Clearly separated mm-hmm. themselves because it was like I blanked and it was seventy nine to fifty three or something like that. I was just like, like the Bucks just went on that insane run and like. Everyone is hitting. Malik was hitting. I think Malik and Dame are going to be like this underrated run of guys that can just absolutely shoot the lights out and become a good offensive option in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Regular season. I mean, it's going to take some beefing up and getting Jay Crowder back and healthy again, of course. Like, But last night was a good win for them. And they seem to be like I said, Giannis is less invested in putting his head down and taking over a decent por- portion of like the half court offense by just barrel rolling around until he finds something. Like, and then Dame is just has to stand there and be ready for the catch and shoot. But they showed more. What scares me the most about them? What scares me the most about them is their lack of wing depth, man. Because Malik, they keep trying to like sell as this like wing, but he just cannot defend on that in the like, at that level that you need him to uh, from the, from those positions. And I think that's really what's hurting them overall in terms of a playoff perspective. And yeah, like he said, it's going to work for the regular season, but the the Dame Malik maybe connection there. Uh, you're hoping you get Crowder back healthy, but that's just... Or is he out for the season? Or No, he's like six to eight weeks. So it'll be past okay, the at, beginning of the year. Yeah, that's a good chunk of time. And for a guy who's in a later stage of his career, that's not necessarily an easy situation. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I get the signing here. They're coming off of a win there. I know you're a fanboy, so obviously you're going to go ahead and throw that out there. But I kind of have to push back against you there on that, to be honest with you. I'm not a. I'm. I, I'm not convinced yet. I think Middleton. They're still, still bad on there. Defense. Yeah, that's that's the thing, man. They just completely have lost their defensive identity, and that's honestly what's what what the, won them a championship. And the offense also the still isn't completely there. I know. Last night just showed that it's possible, though. 
because there can be a real connective tissue between Dame and Lopez and Dame and Beasley that exists that keeps Lopez was cooking really going. Yeah, I mean, Lopez can still cook, dude. That's what was always a good thing about this team's outlook in the offseason was that he's all of a sudden the fifth option and he's still a good offensive player. Like, mm-hmm. they still have something going on and I'm happy that they were just able to completely close out what should have been an easy game for them. And that gave me some confidence that they're still... And Middleton was just meh, too. Besides having the insane assist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and throw out another signing here for the Western Conference. The Dallas Mavericks. Love to see this, Adam Elder. Nine and three right now. They're tied with the reigning defending champions, the Denver Nuggets. Luka is playing out of his mind right now. Let's go ahead and check out this stat line because you know it's just going to be absolutely impressive. 37 and eight right now. He's 50 from the field, 42 from three, 76 from the line, and effective of 60% there. Honestly, I like this connection. I like this team overall. Derek Lively is a godsend blessing that I don't think many expected to see coming. Uh, I certainly have to eat crow there, and I'll continue to eat crow there, it seems. The one thing that holds me back here is their defensive rating. They're 24th in defensive rating in the league, and that's just not going to win a That's from starting Kyrie and Luka, though. Like It is, and it's also from these weird rotations that Jason Kidd still finds a way to put together sometimes. Loves Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. I mean, some of the times the decision-making there is just still very questionable, and I think that is going to be one of the things that really hampers them here. But right now, they're second in offensive rating, and they're tearing it up on that end of the floor, and it's fun to watch, and Luka's looking like a front-runner MVP there. So, love to see it. Nine and three. Let's keep it rolling, Mavs. You're you're exceeding my expectations, so easy sign. I mean, I'll co-sign this. I will co-sign this because I'm just happy that the Mavericks are able to keep this kind of pace right now. Like, I'm glad that they are just winning games and, you know, winning tough games too. Like, they are keeping up with the Nuggets. It's just, it's going to be nice to see what can actually happen if they can keep this pace take it into the postseason, and then have guys that can legitimately finish games between Luka and Kyrie. They mm-hmm. will finish the game. You can guarantee that. Let's go ahead and wrap it here with the last trade from the West, because I know it's going to be your last trade from the West, too. Oh, brother. La- oh, brother. The Los Angeles Clippers. Absolutely have to trade. Absolutely have to trade. I'm not saying it's over for them, even though it's probably over for them. But after 10 to 15 games here, we're looking at an absolute train wreck of a situation. We've riffed on it at length here, uh, but it just doesn't seem to get old to talk about. (laughs) No, because (laughs) it's just always a developing story of sadness. Yeah. It seems to be that like they just they really cannot get that starting lineup figured out with Harden. Um, like you said earlier, you know he has the good game last night, and it's it was a nice stat line, but the consistency just continues to be a question for him. And Paul George, it wasn't like Paul George and Kawhi were really getting those buckets easy. Like you, I think you mentioned that before too. They weren't really coming as easy as you would want them to. Still. So, whole lot of isolation, man. I mean, it's the ongoing meme that is just absolute classic, and that is heartbreaking. The worst player you know just had a good game. (laughs) (laughs) It just lives on forever. That is the absolute motto of this Los Angeles Clippers team. Yeah, they won last night, but you know what? They beat a team that's just in such a different status from all the other guys they've gone up against and just have fallen flat with James Harden. Like, flat with an exclamation point. Like, just very flat. Like, you they busted are just, and lost a couple teeth flat when you hit the ground. I really wonder what Ty Lue is thinking right now with Russ coming off the bench, proclaiming to come Ty off Lue's, the bench. 
Tyler's thinking, I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. I think is what Tyler's thinking. Poor guy. Poor so. guy. Tyler back to the Cavs. Tyler back to the Cavs. Not a bad idea. Wouldn't what be the worst excellent. idea. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap it there, Adam. As always, stay engaged with us across all social media at the Dip Network. Stay, in t- stay engaged with all the content we're bringing you weekly. We'd love to hear your opinions. Leave us a five-star review on whatever platform that you choose to listen to us. Have a great evening. We're out.